Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Everybody said. <clears throat> Just before I get started, a couple of announcements. Well, one announcement. Next Wednesday night, Tom Frank is going to start a new class on the end times. You won't want to miss it. And next Wednesday night starts at 6.30 instead of 7. If you come at 7, you're going to miss half of it or more than half. So what time next Wednesday night? Good deal. Okay, before I do get started, I have a story I want to read you. It's a, a preacher was riding on his bicycle, and he came across a little boy that was trying to sell a lawnmower. And so the preacher asked him, he says, how much do you want for the mower? And the the kid says, I just want enough to be able to buy me a bicycle. And so after uh, a moment's thought, the preacher says, well, will you take uh, my bike and trade for it? And so the boy asked if he could try it out, and the guy says, well, sure. And so he, the boy rides the bike around a little bit and then comes back and says, Mr., you've got yourself a deal. And so the preacher took the mower to the side and just began to try to crank it. And he pulled on the strings uh, a number of times and there's no response. And so he called the little boy over and he says, look, he says, I can't get this lawnmower started. And the boy looks at him and says, well, you've, you have to curse at it to get it started. And so the the preacher says, well, I've been a minister for 25 years, and I don't know if I can even remember how to curse. And the little boy smiled and says, you keep pulling that string, it'll come back to you. So now we'll go right into grace. Somebody say grace. This is the last of our three-part series, and it really is important for us to know what grace is and what it does. What grace is, is God's unearned, unmerited, and unlimited favor. We didn't earn it, did we? God gave it, and we received it. That's what grace is. It's a gift. What grace does is it gives us ability, and the ability to do what we could not do before, like live the Christian life, or uh, uh, be able to uh, uh, be used by God in any area. Everything that comes in our life <coughs> comes through grace, and God uh, doesn't leave it up to us to be able to pull off living the Christian life, or being of service to Him. That's where grace comes in. We need a lot of it, don't we? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10, Paul writes, and he says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Now, Paul was probably or at least ranked in in the top five Christians of all time, right? I mean, we we could say that. He at least was one of the most successful Christians ever. 
And so three times in this one verse, he tells us how he did it. Grace. By the grace of God, his grace toward me, but the grace of God which was with me. And so uh, we need grace tonight. And so tonight, what we're going to look at is several ways in how we receive grace or how grace comes. Roman number one, if you've got your notes there, how grace comes. And the first point is so simple, if we're not careful, we can miss it because uh, we can just overlook it. And so grace is given. In first, or rather John chapter 1 and verse 16, it says, And of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. All of us, right? <clears throat> Any believer has received grace, grace for grace. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4, <clears throat> Paul is writing, he says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you, <clears throat> excuse me, by Christ Jesus. In James 4, verse 6, but he gives more grace. Say, more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And so, again and again through the Scripture, we're told that grace is given. Uh, it is one of the most important things we can know about grace is it is a gift. The word grace in the original Greek language that it was written in, the New Testament was written in, in Greek, and the Greek word for grace, it literally is, is charis, which means a gift. We didn't work for it. We weren't good enough for it. We couldn't earn it. We simply believe and receive, right? Okay, so grace is the gift that keeps on giving. And it was never meant to be just a one-time thing that God gave us in our lives. It's meant to be an ongoing flow. Every single one of us, I have been a Christian for 46 plus years, and every day I depend on the grace of God. I know that I'll be a miserable failure as a Christian without the grace of God. We've got to have more grace. It's got to be an ongoing flow. And so James 4, 6 says, again, it says, but he gives more grace. And so we're promised a continual flow in our lives of grace <clears throat> because, again, <clears throat> we can't do the Christian life on our own. And that's why we're given this ability through grace. Galatians 2, verse 20 and 21, Paul is writing, he says, I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. And so Paul is saying the Christian life isn't all about what we do. We make choices, we, we receive and all, and, and we do have a choice to make, but it's not about us doing everything just right. The Christian life is about grace, God's ability enabling us to do what we could never do ourselves. And the moment 
that you and I rely on our own strength to live for God or do anything for God, then what we're doing is we're setting aside grace. And so that's why a lot of Christians are frustrated in their life with God is because they're trying to do it on their own and we just can't. And I don't want to live a a frustrated Christian life and nobody else here does, do we? So we receive grace to be able to do what we couldn't do before and that's live the Christian life. And so the next point is grace comes to the humble. Now tell yourself, I'm humble. Well, you just lost it. Bad joke. Uh, James 4 and verse 6, he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And the pride that God resists is the notion that we can just make it on our own. We can just do life and the Christian life on our own. That realization that we can't do it ourselves brings us to humility. And, and most of us know humility isn't, you know, I'm just this uh, 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 worthless, no good uh, uh, scum. It, humility is when we come to God and say, God, I really can't do it on my own and I need your help. When we do that, then grace begins to flow in our lives. One of the secrets of successful Christian living is being needy. (laughs) And then knowing where to turn to for our need. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We are, we need to be needy people. Uh, We don't like that in ourselves because we like to think that we're self-sufficient, but we are not self-sufficient. We've got to have God. We've got to have His grace. And what that realization is, is humility. God, I can't do it myself. I've got to have you help me. And when we say that, turn to Him, then grace flows in the time of need. Tell yourself, I need a lot of help. Thirdly, grace comes by faith. In Romans 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Grace is a gift It's given to us. It comes to the humble and to the believing or the believer. Everything that we do in our lives, in our Christian life, comes down to believing, doesn't it? Ephesians 2 and verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And so, uh, you know, before I... uh, I got saved, I really did want to be a better person, but I couldn't do it. And so when I finally got saved, uh, I began to live the Christian life, and God helped me. God God drew me 
uh, he drew us to himself, didn't he? He gave us grace, and we received that grace, and then we, we believed and we were saved. But uh, after I'd been saved for maybe six months, I was working a job with this guy that claimed to be an atheist, and he told me, he says, you know, and I told him about my life, how my life had gotten changed uh, uh, through Christ, and he looked at me and he said, well, I, and I won't use the language that he used because that would not be good. But he basically said, I got my head together. <clears throat> and so uh, I said, well, if that were what it was, then I would have just gotten my head together a lot earlier. <clears throat> but see, what happened is, is that I began to believe, and through faith, grace began to flow into my life, and God helped me. That God helped us, didn't he? <clears throat> so... Our faith is what connects us to God's grace. Uh, when we <clears throat> started this series, I mentioned that uh, over the years I've grown in my understanding of grace and what it has done is it's helped me be, uh, for one, a lot more secure. And security is, is one thing that we need in this time, isn't it? And that security comes from knowing uh, who God is and our relationship with God, but it, it comes because we understand that God is, is not relying on us to be just uh, perfect, absolutely perfect, but, but His grace has flowed to our lives and has helped us, and so our relationship with Him isn't dependent on our just being uh, perfect all the time. There's grace in our life, and we're glad, aren't we? Amen. So uh, grace helps us be more secure, and then it helps us be more confident. My confidence in ministry uh, is a lot more. Anything I do for God is more now because I recognize I'm not just relying on my own self. I have had some experience in ministry now, but I still, to this day, I... I, can't, I don't depend on myself. Uh, if God does anything tonight in our lives, if we receive anything from Him tonight, it's because of the grace of God flowing. And so that's true for all of us. Anything that we do for God, we, we have to have His grace flowing, and our faith is what connects us to that grace. The more we believe in the grace of God, the more grace flows. And so we have to practice that believing, don't we? In Ephesians 3, verse 7, it says, Of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of His power. And grace is what gives us power. It's the power to be able to live for God. It's the power we talked about uh, Grace being given to help us be good. We need God's help to be able to be good because we are not good on our own, are we? We can't live a righteous life without grace. And so grace flows to help us be good. Last week we talked about grace flowing to help us be nice. It's good to be good, but good people need to be nice. As Christians, we ought to be nice. Now tell yourself, I'm going to be nicer by the grace of God. 
Uh, grace uh, enables us and helps us to be able to pray for others and see God do things and, and uh, bring healing to sick lives or, or emotional help to others. And we can be used by God to do incredible things if we dare to believe that His grace will flow to help us. Right? Okay, so now I want to kind of switch gears and the last part of this class, I want to talk about something that is so important, and that is that grace is something we're meant to give. So we, we receive grace, we know, and we've talked about this a lot in the last several weeks. We have to have it in our lives. It's, it's, we are dependent on His grace, so grace flows to us, but we are also meant to give grace. As a church, we're meant to be a refuge of grace. And so people need to know that they can come into this place and if they walk through those doors, they need to know that they will be accepted uh, for who they are and they'll be received for just, just because they are. They need to know that this is a place that gives grace, right? Okay, so uh, I was just about 19 when I got saved. And I got, uh, when I got saved, many of you know my testimony. I was, uh, this was back in 1975. I was a long-haired hippie, okay? And yeah, I, I had more hair then so so I, I uh, had been praying for God to help me and, and so uh, a preacher named Ron Jones came walking up to me one day in a trailer court that I was moving into and he began to talk to me about Jesus now this preacher looked like a, he was a straight laced perfectly groomed geek. <clears throat> and so uh, I'm a long-haired hippie. I'm dressed with, uh, I've got my jeans with holes in them because I'm moving in this dumpy little trailer and I've got a shirt that's not the best. And so he uh, had started talking to me about Jesus and, and uh, had invited me to church the next morning. And I thought to myself, man, this this guy is never going to be able to relate to me because I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm me and he is a geek and I, I just don't know. He's not going to be able. So I kind of tried to put him off and I, I said, well, you know, he invited me to church. I said, well, I'd come, but uh, I don't have a suit. And so I was raised when I was a kid before I went nuts and crazy I was taken to church when I was a kid, and the church that I was taken to, uh, everybody dressed up, you know. And so I thought that when I said, well, I don't have a suit, he'd go, well, that's okay, and that would be it. But, you know, he didn't bat an eye. He just looked at me and said, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. You just come like you are. And he was serious. And I, I knew what I looked like, you know. I had long hair. I had a, a headband on. I've got my holy jeans on. And he meant it when he said that. What he did and what he was saying is, I'm giving you grace. Yeah. 
He gave me grace. And it, uh, it was through that, that night I got saved, and the next morning I went to church. I didn't have a suit, but I did put my best hippie shirt on. That had, It was, never mind. That's, so he gave me grace, and our church exists to give grace to others. Uh, we are a giving church. We give to world a lot of places in the world, world missions. We uh, send an offering uh, to uh, Afghanistan to try to help people there. We have, over the years, uh, sent uh, tens of thousands of dollars into Iraq and, and the northern part in Kurdistan. We have uh, uh, sent hundreds of thousands of dollars into Africa and various other places in the world, we are, we are giving church. We, uh, uh, every week, we help people here that are in need, uh, uh, some with food or medicines or glasses and things of that nature uh, through the course of the week here in Kingman. And so one of the greatest gifts that we can give as a church is grace. We offer a place where people can come just like they are and find out God cares and we care. So uh, we give grace. The, the, the incredible thing about God is He gives grace to us and then He causes us to be people who give grace to others. His grace flows through us. In every letter that Paul wrote in the Bible, uh, he talked about grace. In Romans chapter 1, verse 7, he opens up by saying, To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when Paul is writing this, he says, grace to you. This is more than just, uh, uh, just a greeting that he throws out there just because he knows he has to open up by saying something, so he says, grace to you. It's more than that. He wanted them to experience God's best for their lives, and so he gave them grace. He says, grace to you. If you look in the New Testament, every epistle or letter that Paul wrote, he opens with grace, and then he closes the same way. Romans 16 and verse 24, that's the last chapter in Romans. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And so if you want to look through Paul's writings, you'll see it. At the, at the first chapter, he says, grace to you. And at the end, he closes with grace. Grace is not a small issue. It's a huge deal in our lives. And so as a church, we are called to be a refuge of grace. We are called to the ministry of grace. The characteristic of Jesus' ministry was that it was with grace and truth. In John chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verse 14 says, or this is actually, yes. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
And so, uh, you remember in John chapter 4, Jesus talks to a woman at the well. And he spoke the truth to her, didn't he? He tells her, they get into a conversation about water, and then he begins to kind of open up things, and he says, he says, you know what? You have had five husbands, and now you're shacking up with a guy you're not even married to. And she responds by saying, you know what? I think you're a prophet. <laughs> so he delivers truth to her, right? But it wasn't just truth. He didn't stop with just speaking the truth to her and just, you know, uh, cutting. He was full of grace and truth. And this is what disarmed the woman. Uh, Jesus spoke the truth, but it was full of grace. And if you read through that story in John chapter 4, you'll see that she was won over. She goes back into the city and tell, tells everybody, you got to come and see this guy. He's told me everything about my life. He says, she says, this has to be the Messiah. And she was won over, right? She was won over by grace and truth. Ephesians 3 verse 7, we read it earlier, I'm going to read it again. It says, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, which was given to me by the effective working of his power. This is so important for us to get tonight. Grace is what gives the church its power. Most of you know that we're living in a time where a lot of people have a bad opinion of Christianity. And, and there is hardly anything more disarming to people who are reluctant to the message that we're presenting about Christ, there's hardly anything more disarming than for us to show them grace. When Ron Jones spoke to me and said, that's all right, you just come like you are. You know what he did? All those resistance and, and the, the hesitancy just, just dropped in my life. And I was open to what he said because he showed me grace. When we show others grace, it releases power. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, And as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So he says that we are stewards, good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The word steward means to be an overseer or a manager of a house. And so uh, a steward was like a, a, a CFO, a chief financial officer of a household. And so if they needed to buy a pig, he'd dish out, the, he would re release the money to, to get a pig. If they needed groceries, he'd release the money to get groceries and all that. So he was the one to, to give what was needed for the running of that household. You and I, as God's people, as, as those of the church, are meant to be stewards of the grace of God, that we give grace, we release grace to others. This is really important because God gives us grace, but then as He's given us grace, we're meant to release that to others and distribute it, 
give it out to others. And I, I said earlier, it's a, it's a sad truth that there are a lot of people when they think of church, they don't think of grace. The, uh, the, the, the church has gotten a reputation for its ungrace. And so, you know, it, it, a lot of times this can be unjustifiable, the, the rap that people have about the church and about Christians and, and all that. Yeah, it really irritates me, uh, the, the picture that's painted by a lot of the media that we are a bunch of uh, uh, right-winged, bigoted, uh, conservative radicals and that we're just a danger to society, you know? Doesn't that irritate you sometimes that we're kind of presented that way? But, you know, when there's a crisis in the country or in the world like in Afghanistan, almost every time the first to respond is the church. When an, when an earthquake happens or, or a hurricane happens or there's a crisis like there is in Afghanistan, it's, it's the church or Christians that band together to do something and what that is, is it's giving grace. So having said that, that a lot of times it's unjustifiable, it isn't always uh, uh, just a scam that Christians are, are, are ungraceful. Sometimes that label is deserved. Because sometimes the reality is people, church people can be mean. Sometimes folks in church aren't nice. I, Mark Twain used to say that he would put, he put a dog and a cat in a cage together as an experiment to see if they could get along. And they did. So he put a, in a, a bird, a pig, and a goat. And they too got along fine with just a few adjustments. Then he put in a Baptist, a Presbyterian, and a Catholic, and soon there was not a living thing left. Mark Twain. God, help us tonight to have a reputation for grace. We, as God's people, exist to give grace to people who feel marginalized. And there are a lot of these people around who, who feel that they are uh, of little importance to others. Uh, they kind of live in the margins or, or on the fringes. They feel unwanted, unneeded, unloved. And Jesus always reached out to these marginal people. It, it's, I, as I was thinking about it, it the, the list is just endless through the Gospels of the people that other people wouldn't have anything to do with that Jesus showed grace to. Like this woman at the well. Uh, you, you remember the disciples, when they came up and saw him talking to her, they were going, ooh, you know, they couldn't believe that he was talking to this woman. And it, there were some cultural things there, but he was showing grace. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood, she had come through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, she was healed, and then Jesus stopped and he uh, started talking to her and said that your faith has made you whole. 
blind Bartimaeus, uh, uh, the demoniacs. You know, there's so many people that Jesus uh, gave grace to that that were on the fringes, that uh, prostitutes and and uh, people that uh, the rest of society would have shunned, but Jesus gave grace to. And so, as his people, you and I are stewards, or we're those who are meant to give out grace to everybody. And you know, as, as we do more and more, as we give grace to others, we'll see the power of God flows because power and grace go hand in hand. And it's released when we reach out and touch people who feel worthless or forgotten or uncared for. And we let them know that God does care. God, they are not forgotten by God. And that He cares, and not only does God care, but we care. Now, I want you to tell yourself, I care. If we are cool and, and standoffish and hold people at arm's length and uh, reserved towards people, then we are a contradiction of who we are meant to be as believers. And so, uh, if and, and in your notes, I've, I worded this a, a little differently. What I really want to say here is that grace is meant to be lavished on others. Uh, throughout the New Testament, uh, words that are associated with grace are abound, abounding, abundance. And so God gives lots and lots of grace, and you and I are meant to give lots of grace to others. Okay, uh, last point here. One of the most effective ways we give grace is through our words. Our words, what we speak to other people. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And so impart or give grace to others. And how we give grace to others oftentimes is by the words that we speak. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our words have life or death, and we're meant to be people who speak life into others. Isaiah 50 and verse 4 says, The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. See, our ability to be able to just come to somebody who is hurting, who is lonely, who feels unloved, and be able to speak just a word of encouragement is so powerful. I remember uh, in the church that I gave my life to Christ in, in Flagstaff, I remember there was a guy that came in, his name was Abe, and he was one of these guys that was kind of marginalized. Most, of, most people would not, not have anything to do with him. And Abe came into church, and the pastor of the church uh, looked at him and said, hey, it's good to see you, glad you're here. And that very thing he said later was a thing that changed his life. It, did, it doesn't take, uh, you know, us reciting scripture after scripture after scripture to people, but just being uh, people who show that we do care about them, that they matter, 
if, if there are people who feel hopeless, then what we do is we speak words of hope to them. Uh, God's the God of hope, isn't he? And so there are a lot of people who feel uh, hopeless, especially in the times that we're living in. And as we go more and more, there are people who feel hopeless in their lives. And so we're, we're to speak hope to them. If somebody is, is lonely, we speak a word to them and say something to the effect of Jesus said, I'll never leave or forsake you. To the sick, we speak words of healing and words of life, right? It's God's people. He says, uh, Jesus said, they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. And so we can be the ones to impart grace, the grace of healing to other people as we just speak words of healing to them, words of life. Say, I believe that. If there are those who are afraid, then we speak a word of encouragement. And that's God loves you. And, and his word says, perfect love, cast out fear. And so you and I have an incredible power in our lives, and that's the power of our words, and it's how we impart grace to other people is by speaking. And so I want to just encourage all of us as I bring this to a close tonight, to, to think about what you say to other people. Husbands and wives, and ne- never mind, I'll, I'll get off on it. But we need to learn to just speak more grace, impart grace, give grace. As a church, we're called to be a refuge of grace. And just say, I believe that. Praise God. Let's bow our heads tonight. I want to pray for us uh, and with us tonight. I want to just lead us again in a, in a prayer. And now I want to pray over us. I do believe that God has uh, a unique uh, gift that he has given us by his grace and that he is using us in New Life Church uh, to reach out to our city and this area and even the nations of the world and to be those who give grace to others. And he wants to do it more and more. He wants to use us individually and corporately. And I just want you to pray this with me, if you would, if you just uh, uh, repeat this prayer with me. Jesus, thank you for giving me grace. I need your grace to help me in my life. And I want to be a channel of your grace. Give me the words to impart grace and life to others. Help me to let them know there's always hope in God. That your grace is there to help them in their need. I thank you for your grace given to me and the power of your grace flowing through my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, tonight I thank you for everyone that's here and everyone that's listening online. God, for your grace to flow to us. We are needy. We thank you, God 
that we can come to you in the time of our need to receive your help. And Lord, I pray for special anointing on every one of our lives that we would be able and have the grace to flow through us, to touch and to move through us to other people. We praise you. We thank you for the privilege of being your people and for your grace that has come to us and now flowing through us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a hand tonight, would you? We're going to dismiss you tonight. Uh, Don't forget, next Wednesday night, we're going to meet here at what time? Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.